This podcast is sponsored by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. GoMoto now has three new kiosks that allow customers to check in online and in-store, drop off and pick up keys, and interact in both English and Spanish. Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, September 8th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, car dealers are getting more worried about the economy. Japan says new EV tax credits might violate international trade law. And we're seeing lots of new model rollouts ahead of next week's Detroit Auto Show. And speaking of that auto show, we'll get a preview from co-chair and Detroit Auto Dealers Association President Thad Zott. The way that manufacturers go into market, we, we see there's a huge virtual presence, right? I mean, the days of the 60 reveals happening at our show are probably behind us. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Franchise dealers are feeling a little less confident about the future. That's according to Cox Automotive's top economist. Cox polled dealers this summer for its third quarter dealer sentiment index. Dealers still rated their markets as favorable but not as good as they were 90 days earlier or at the same time last year. They anticipate a further decline in conditions during the last few months of the year. Cox economist Jonathan Smoke tells us at Automotive News that costs are rising, the new vehicle market remains tight, and sales are remarkably holding up so far. He says the problem for dealers is the amount of uncertainty about which direction the economy is headed. A top Japanese official is expressing concern that new U.S. EV tax credits in the Inflation Reduction Act might violate international law. That's according to the Nikkei newspaper. Japan's industry minister, Yasutoshi Nishimura, made the comments while meeting with U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo in Los Angeles yesterday. The Ministry of Economy, Trade, and Industry confirmed the comments, but did not give any more details. Under the new law, only vehicles assembled in North America are eligible for tax credits, which shuts out many overseas automakers, especially in Southeast Asia. That cuts off credits for about 70% of models that were previously eligible. As world leaders debate the legality of America's new EV incentives, U.S. automakers are moving ahead with new EV models. And they're making some big debuts ahead of next week's North American International Detroit Auto Show. The first fully electric Jeeps for the U.S. are scheduled to arrive next year. The Wrangler-inspired Recon and a sleek mid-sized crossover called the Wagoneer S will mark the beginning of the battery electric era for the brand in its biggest market. The Recon, like the Wrangler, will have removable doors and windows and a power top to offer open-air driving. The Wagoneer S, despite sharing a name with the brand's largest SUVs, has its own design language. Jeep is targeting a range of 400 miles for the Wagoneer S. It aims to produce 600 horsepower and go zero to 60 in about three and a half seconds. It will be sold in major markets around the world, including Europe. Meanwhile, GM is unveiling what is probably one of the stronger EV value propositions to date. A 30 grand version of the Chevrolet Equinox EV will have a 250 mile driving range. Higher price trims will offer up to 300 miles of range, Super Cruise hands-free driving technology, and an almost 18-inch touchscreen. Chevy will continue to offer the gasoline-powered Equinox, which has been one of Chevy's best sellers for a long time. You can find more details and photos of the new Equinox EV 
as well as the Jeep Recon and Wagoneer S at autonews.com. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, finally, we see a $30,000 GM EV with a 250-mile range. How big of an impact do you think this will make? It really is going to depend on how many of them they make, but it's a very important vehicle and has the potential to move the market a bit. You know, this is a mainstream vehicle, high volume in its gas version at $30,000 or maybe in the 30s uh, and 250 to 300 miles of range. Very competitive. They can make money on them and put enough of them out there. It could really increase adoption of EVs. Well, coming up, these new EVs might not be debuting at the Detroit Auto Show next week, but event organizers say there's still plenty to be excited about with the first show after a long break. We'll get a preview from the event's co-chair, Thad Zott, next on Daily Drive. Picture your service drive on a busy morning. There's a line of customers waiting to drop off their keys and check in at the counter. Every advisor is busy with simple tasks. Two are typing customer concerns into the computer to get a repair order created. Two are trying to find an appointment the customer swears they created online. And another is looking for a customer's keys who didn't come in to pick up their vehicle the night before. It's a chaotic and unproductive scene, and you know you're probably losing money by not offering standard upsells with every write-up and frustrating customers with long wait times. Now imagine that same morning, but with customers checking in themselves in about two minutes. Your advisors are still busy, but they are busy selling. There are no more lines, no more wasted time, and no more frustration. GoMoto kiosks free up your advisors to focus on high-impact, customer-facing, profit-oriented work that improves and speeds up the process. And with three new kiosks, online check-in, and Spanish-language support, you can now serve more customers in more ways with a process that fits their needs. Visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com to explore all the ways kiosks can increase profit, efficiency, and overall operations in your service drive. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The Jeep and Chevy EV reveals today reflect the changing nature of new vehicle introductions. Instead of pulling the sheet off of new sheet metal in one of a series of press conferences, Brands more often now prefer the better video quality and worldwide distribution of online or on TV reveals. That leaves auto shows as the place where consumers can go to see the cars or electric crossovers in person. The Detroit Auto Show, it's adjusting. With only three vehicle brands planning press conferences for next week, the politicians may be a bigger draw for journalists than the new models and the executives touting them. Shows now are about the public. And Thad Zott, co-chair of the North American International Detroit Auto Show, is very excited about the fun activities for kids of all ages. Dinosaurs and the Flintstones car, flying vehicles, SUVs almost scraping the roof, and of course, a giant rubber ducky. I spoke with Zott about his plans for the long-awaited show, not held since January 2019. Here's our conversation. Thad Zott, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me. So. Thad, you're going to host as co-chair of the North American International Detroit Auto Show. You are going to host or co-host the first Detroit Auto Show in 44 months. Crazy. Are, are you excited? 
Oh, we're so excited. We've been working on this thing, like you said, three and a half plus years in the making. And, you know, the energy around Detroit area right now is it's just buzzing between the media and uh, OEMs and, and, uh, and Lansing, our capital. I mean, everybody's very, very excited for this uh, to be successful, certainly in, uh, in the region as far as Detroit goes and Metro Detroit, but really the whole state. So I saw a map, a downtown map on the website. And I think it, you know, it should be pretty cool to have some outdoor activities that weren't really available in the decades when the show was held in the first week of the year. The farthest one away looks like it's Campus Martius and Cadillac Square. What can we expect to see over there? There'll be engagements at those parks and a few other parks around uh, the, the downtown Detroit area. But we're just really excited, Jamie, about uh, the geography that the Detroit area has to offer. I mean, I think we have such a unique geography when it comes to a convention center right downtown and an entire park plaza next door and heart plaza that we're engaging with outdoor activities and it's on the beautiful riverfront of detroit looking at you know canada who else has a setup like that and we actually get to showcase this and like you said uh, a, a month of september that gives great weather great temperatures that really the world has never experienced in detroit i think a lot of people are going to come in here uh, and be like this is the same place as january <laughs> Right. I mean, the boats going by and the riverfront is such a gorgeous uh, background. And we're super, super excited to, to, to get this baby kicked off. Yeah. When it moved off of January, I was a big advocate for September. I think there was some back and forth. Should it be June or should it mm -hmm. be September? And yeah, this is typically such a great time of year. Of course, last year, you know, we didn't have a Detroit show, but we had a Motorbella not yes. too far away. And Mother Nature did not like that plan. It rained. No, I mean, it was the we, most we amazingly lot, bad know, weather for Michigan. <laughs> we learned a lot with that uh, experience for sure. You definitely got to have a convention center and the convention center of, uh, you know, a lot of people refer to it as Coba Hall. It's called Huntington Place officially. And uh, and we want to make sure they get their, their uh, you know, shout outs because they put a lot of money behind that name. But it's completely sold out inside and we're going to have a lot of fun activities inside, a lot of track activations. And uh, I'm really excited to get it going. I feel like usually by now we've seen an actual floor plan, you know, which brands are going to be in which corners and where the test tracks might be within. Are we going to see, I haven't seen one. Are we going, is there going to be one? I think people are eager to see which brands are going to be represented there. Yeah. It's been a little bit of moving pieces because uh, the tracks certainly have created some opportunities. Uh, also some complications as far as square footage goes, but you're going to see a uh, major presence from Ford major presence from GM, major presence from Stellantis, uh, Toyota, Subaru, and then some smaller activations with, you know, probably, gosh, 20 other brands, including NACTOY, North American Car and Truck of the Year display. Um, so you should see a floor plan, a finalized floor plan pretty quickly here. I think they're starting to finalize that today. Okay, great. Of course, we have seen the press conference schedule, Jeep in the morning, Chevy at lunch, Ford Mustang in the evening, primetime uh, reveal for the Mustang. Uh, those those should all be good. But of course, it's a lot less than in the old days of the North American International Auto Show. I mean, even during the financial crisis, you know, we had dozens of brands uh, doing holding press conferences. Do you still think of this as a like a top tier international media show, or is it really positioning more as a, a regional consumer focused show that celebrates the hometown industry? Well, I think it's a hybrid. Funny we say that, right? Because uh, <laughs> uh, the way the industry is going between electric and gas power. But, right. But look at uh, the way that manufacturers are going to market. We, we see there's a huge virtual presence, right? I mean, the days of the 60 reveals happening at our show are probably behind us. 
But, you know, I think we've talked a little bit before, before we started the podcast about the energy of seeing vehicles for the first time at a car show. So there may be uh, some, you know, recently revealed virtual vehicles that have been shown uh, online that maybe nobody has ever seen or has not been at a public show yet. So between all of those vehicles, we have, we have a good amount of reveals happening as well. But you start looking at all the vehicles that have been revealed online that haven't been shown before. And there's just so much energy going on about our show. I think, to be honest with you, this is a complete reboot, right? This is not your cars on carpet show that you've been in the past, you know, 40 years going down to Kobo, get your little bag and walk around and look at cars on carpet. This is a completely different reimagined show, indoor, outdoor, lots of activations, lots of people getting behind the wheel of all these new technology, all this new technology and these new vehicles coming out. So, you know, I think. Right now, it's in an evolution. What is it going to be? Right now, we, we have a whole bunch of excitement and energy. The community is super fired up. We expect hundreds of thousands of people to go through Detroit over the next you know, two weeks. And the eyes of the world are on us. You know, right now, I just looked at our stats. We have media coming from 40 different states across the United States. Uh, we have media coming from 30 different countries across the globe. And we have surpassed uh, 2,000 media registrations, and it's going straight up right now because I think, as you know, uh, the president of the United States made a big announcement that he's coming for the show because he's a car guy. So, you know, we're excited to have him. He creates a whole bunch of uh, new energy for us. And I think the the eyes of the world are going to be on us as this is kind of where you need to go. Uh, It's going to be kind of a benchmark for the rest of the world of what you need to evolve to have a successful show. And it's really consumer focused, which we can get into. Yeah. The, the president is a car guy. He's especially a domestic car guy. He likes the union made Correct. Uh, Detroit cars and um, he's going to see some. Well, we're excited to have him. You know, I know uh, with Washington was going back and forth, so we didn't know who was coming or what was going to happen. And certainly when the president of the United States is coming to your show, you're probably doing a few things right. And uh, we're, ex- we're excited to have them because I think it's, it creates even more energy that uh, maybe spills out na- nationally, right? I think, and globally. I mean, regionally here, it's on fire, right? I mean, the, the media coverage is buzzing and everybody's talking about the Detroit Auto Show and certainly Charity Preview Night, which is a big, big deal around here as well. So to get the eyes of Washington on us, we're, we're super fired up. I know it's also, uh, it's an interesting security process that you probably can't talk about because we don't want to distract from their abilities to keep the president safe and and all yeah, of the we visitors don't really safe know exactly which day he's coming they haven't told us that yet nor which time so i think like you said that's a lot of the strategy of keeping everybody safe yeah you used a word that i try not to use in our stories since i've got you on the on the podcast i want to ask you to explain what what do you mean by an activation is that just a sure. chance to touch something with your actual hands so picture this you're walking into huntington place and traditionally, you walk into the front doors, give your ticket, and you start to see all the beautiful cars on display. I think the whole experience is going to be completely different, right? We have five active tracks going on, meaning you can get engaged behind the wheel of a vehicle and go through a course on some of this new product that's coming out. For example, uh, there's going to be a Ford Bronco track where you're literally going to be, they wanted to see how many inches they could get this vehicle away from the roof at Huntington <laughs> Place. Um, I know they're constantly playing with the geography, but Jeep is going to have a very similar camp Jeep setup, uh, one of the biggest ones they've done indoors uh, ever. Uh, Ram Trucks is going to have Ram Truck territory, where you're going to get behind the 1500s, the 2500s, the 3500s, and literally go over obstacles inside 
the convention center of, of Huntington Place. Uh, we're going to have some Highline luxury uh, ultra brands. I mean, maybe a Maserati or a Lamborghini where you'll be able to actually sit in and potentially even maybe hear the engine revving. Uh, we're still getting some clearance on some of that. But but what we mean by activation and engagements is, look, at these manufacturers have a different way to go to market. They want to get people into their vehicles, experience new technology. Consumers love cross shopping as well when they, it's hard to find vehicles. So this is already a winner in that category. But they also want to get behind the vehicle and, and see what this technology is all about. So to be able to, you know, go up a, a, a hill on a Ford Bronco and then, you know, 20 minutes later, go downstairs and take a Volkswagen or a GM product out the back of Huntington Place <laughs> onto Jefferson and be able to go drive around the uh, future 2023 Grand Prix course, which we're going to be able to do with test drives and learn what a electric vehicle feels like from, you know, to, to taking off and feeling all the G-forces of, of electric power vehicle. You know, you can't experience that when you're walking around carpeting, looking at a car. This is what we mean by activations and engagements. There's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity for people to get behind the wheel and experience some of this crazy technology, including air, more, air mobility, which is coming to the show for the first time. You're going to let people fly in uh, uh, giant drones? Well, let's say, you know, you say about, you know, I heard I heard someone tell me that George Jetson was actually born in 2022. And <laughs> yeah, I yeah. It was June of 2022. So this is the actual <laughs> birth year of George Jetson, ironically. But you know, we're going to have six manufacturers, different air mobility manufacturers at the show. All of them will have displays. Um, four of them are either doing uh, showcases what, you know, their actual air mobility means as far as they're going to show you it lifting off the ground. Wow. And there's actually going to be some good s- slots. I mean, it's going to be a limited number of slots where people are going to be able to take some of these vehicles out uh, and test them. I, one, for example, is going to have, it's got to take off and land on water, but you can literally fold the wings up and it's compact enough where you get a little trailer and you can tow it behind your F-150 or your Ram or your Silverado <laughs> and you can drop it in the water. And uh, they're going to be set up at Belle Isle, which is an island right off of Metro Detroit there. And they're going to be doing, doing test runs pretty much all week. A lot of reporters. In fact, maybe, Jamie, you could sign up for this baby and get you up there in the air where they're going to fly right over the top of uh, the, the auto show and experience what it's going to be like to have some air mobility. But, yes, it's, uh, it's happening. Wow. That, that, is, um, that is some cutting edge stuff we have not seen in Detroit before. It's going to be a, ver- a vertical takeoff one, too, that's just incredible. I mean, it's like a motorcycle with four drones, yeah. vertical takeoff. I mean, it's going to be some exciting stuff. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I'm ready to watch it. I'm ready to see people do it. You'll see it for sure. <laughs> All right. We're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you, I've been here for 20 years or so, more than 20 years uh, covering these auto shows and, and the DADA, right? It's a an association, Detroit Auto Dealers Association, and Usually you I'm rotate right these now. officers, right? And, um, yes. you know, people, they, they become vice president or whatever, and then they're president and they host the show and then they move on. Um, but you haven't had a show since 2019 uh, because the show was moving to spring and then we had COVID and we kept having cancellations. Correct. You know, what does it mean for you? To, so, di- I mean, nobody rotated through and didn't get to host a show. You all just kind of stayed in place. We all kind of stayed in place and froze our current positions. Uh, so it's really the longest tenure board we've ever had. Uh, the people have been president for you know two and a half years, vice president for two and a half years, and finally we get to get the chain moving again. So we're very grateful for that. But I will say, I know we're almost out of time, but having the Detroit Auto Dealers Association basically own this show and run this show, 
you know, we have access to a whole different network that I think other shows don't have. So it's a competitive advantage for us. We can lean on our network to get some of these vehicles that maybe other shows can't get through the manufacturer because we have that ownership here. So I think we're going to have 30, 30 plus brands because of that network. So it's a very unique position for us to be in. We're very grateful for it. And I think it's uh, our advantage right now. After more than three and a half years of waiting, what are you most looking forward to? Will you be getting your LaFreak on? Well, I definitely get my LaFreak on, but I'm just so excited to see Detroit lit up on a world stage. I mean, people from Detroit like yourself, and we have so much pride in our city. And I think sometimes we get a little bit of a bum rap around the world. So to have it in September uh, on a stage with with Hart Plaza and and Huntington Place and the Riverfront, Jefferson, all on fire, meaning it's going to be electric. Not literally on Lit. fire, but electric. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a Tigers game. There's a comedian coming in. I mean, downtown Detroit is going to be rocking. So I can't wait to kind of stand back and just look at these crowds and say, wow, Detroit is really the place to be, especially for mobility. Thad Sot, president of the DADA, co-chair of this year's show, one of the owners of Sot Auto Group. Thank you so much for joining me today on Daily Drive. Our pleasure, Jamie. Thanks. I'll see you at the show. You bet. And you can catch us at the Detroit Auto Show next week here on Daily Drive. We'll be recording from the floor of Huntington Place in Detroit on Wednesday, and we'll bring you coverage of the event throughout the following days. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on new products, dealer sentiment, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation about whether U.S. automakers are needlessly spending millions of dollars to defeat right-to-repair laws. A survey conducted by a research firm says they might be. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.